Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastic edition of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, faithfully, is the man who once wrote the great American novel simply by using a strand of Christmas lights, Mr. Drew Celestino. I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. And you like it. I do like it. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? Just a slight spoiler alert. Uh, good. Okay. Cool. Awesome. How's, uh, here we are again. Okay. Episode seven. Yes. We're past the prequels. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're on to the really, really good stuff. Yeah, kind of. The, the, the podcast awakens, sort of. I quite yes, The podcast awakens. We'll see. That time, yeah, we'll time see. will tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How was your week, sir? It's okay. I, I know there's a trend going on hey, this yeah, show. Every week, every week, you're like, yeah, it's okay. I didn't do much. Half an hour later, and that was my weekend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's good. It's good. Excellent. Good uh, weeks are always good. No Man's Sky happened this week. <laughs> <laughs> happened all over you. Um, well, you know. Ebbs, flows, strikes, gutters, ups, downs. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, No Man's Sky came out this week. For those of you not in the know, it's like this hotly anticipated uh, game for the uh, PlayStation 4 and PC. Um, infinite exploration, uh, infinite space exploration specifically. Yes, 18 uh, quadrillion planets? Dude, planets? I, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many because it's the whole game is procedurally generated. So... A, a team of designers did not sit there and map out the stars and yeah. say, you're going to go here and you're going to go here and you're going to go here. It's all generated off an algorithm. Correct. So the game has assets in it and the game decides at random I would or whatever how it assembles all those assets. So if I play the game, my experience will be completely different than you playing the exact same game. Yeah. We're going to start off in different parts of the galaxy, different planets, different animals, different life. Like it, and, and there's no... There's a story, I think, somewhere in there. I don't know where exactly. It's very vague. But it's up to you to kind of find out. It's they throw you they throw you out there in, in the in the wild and say, go on, ha- have at it. Yeah, it's kind of like the original concept of Star Trek. Just instead of a gigantic ship, you have a small one man ship. There's even less setup than that, though. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I but, mean, it's but yeah, this is like the five year mission. Yeah, exploring new life. Uh, yeah, categorizing. So it's uh, it's crazy. So um, I'm starting to see. I've, so it's like five days in, right? Okay. Roughly that I've been playing it. Yeah, and uh, it's so it's addicting in a way that like you're playing it at your own pace, but the initial start of it you you have so little research like you have so little inventory available to you to like gather resources and to build new things and to do things so when you finally start to like get to these things and you start to like encounter alien people and you start learning the language you, you find these little like alien tablets on all the planets and, and if you touch one you learn a word all word in the alien <laughs> language eventually like you'll learn enough words where you start talking to uh, little mer- merchants and guys like that. Yeah, and their their language is all in in their language. It's it's spelled out like in gobbledygook. But if you know words, it will translate though like those words. So eventually, you start to kind of under okay. sort of understand the gist of what they're saying. So you can kind of 
reply appropriately or not appropriately based on what they're saying. It, it's so it's this this whole wave of discovery that that drives the game. Yeah. Um, so I finally I spent the first two days playing it strictly on like one or two no two planets. That's it. And the second one, the first one, I got off I got off quickly, land on the second one, and then I just decided, you know what, I'm going to spend some time here. I spent probably ten hours on this planet. <laughs> I found so much stuff, and I'm and people, my friends are playing. They're like. Dude, I'm out of the star system already, and I got a warp drive, and I'm, like, doing all this cool stuff. I'm like, that's cool. I'm still here. And, like, I know I want to go out and try all that stuff, but I'm just so... Yeah, you're content where you are. I'm I'm not content, but I'm just so, like, it's so engaging that, like, I I just... The the, the game has a fundamental... I I don't want to call it a problem. But it's a problem for me because I have a very completionist mindset. And in a <laughs> game screwed. In a game where that's not possible, it's difficult. Yeah. So anyway, um, I did finally exit the star system last night. It was freaking awesome. Um, the first time I found a space station and landed in it was mind bending because you spend all this time on this like desolate weirdo planet and yeah. like it's all calm and like frontiery. Then you go on a space station, and it's and it, like after all that time in the frontier, you land on a space station that's like straight out of Tron, and it's just like, whoa! That's pretty cool. It's it's pretty cool. Here's here's my problem. I do want a new video game. Yes, I've been doing nothing but Street Fighter Five since February, so I'm kind of ready to step away and take a break from that. But at the same time, because Street Fighter Five, you're just mostly playing like online or at the local Buffalo fighting game community weekly meetups. Um, there's, it's a game with like not necessarily beginning slash ending. It's just matches. You're playing matches. Yep. So I'm kind of in the mood for something that has a narrative and a beginning and an ending. But at the same time, like I know no man's sky has none of that. <laughs> nope. But it looks really cool. So it is. I don't know. I may have to do something to, kind of cleanse the palette. I think I might pick up Uncharted and go through that and then jump in the No Man's Sky. If you want to borrow the Uncharted collection, I have it. Does, I it have, have, no, even, does it have number four in it? No, one through three. Yeah, I've already played one. Okay, well, I can't help you there. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm going to say? I, I would, in a heartbeat, recommend Doom to you because, my lord, they did a fantastic job on that game. <laughs> As a fan of the original, man, the new one is like, it is the game that you wanted for 20 years like this is this is the new doom yeah. Doom 3 was a diversion this is the real shit <laughs> the real stuff sir so anything else just no man's sky just dominated the week more or less um then and uh, keep trying to keep up uh two days a week right now with the weights how go the the weights they go they, they, go. they go up they go up or I go down. That's that's the rule. So, nice. yeah, it's it's okay. It's just okay. Cool. Eh. Yeah, more or less. Oh, and I tried my. Uh, I think we talked about it on the Devil's Brew portion of the show uh, yes. a few weeks ago. I popped one of the uh, the rye IPAs uh, last night. How'd that go? Hmm. Good. Good. Not great. But not great. And I think I explained. I I had that uh, a, a water addition problem and i knew that i knew that it was not the way i intended it to be so great aroma it tastes good but it definitely tastes watered down 
And, you know, it's good. I got 49 more to drink, so I will uh, enjoy them regardless. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it's, bitter, it's bittersweet. It's nice. <laughs> I, and no pun intended when I say bittersweet because it's beer. I see what you did there. Uh, it's good. Just I want it. I wanted it to be great. So if I make it again, it will be. That's my my vow. It will. It will be great. Cool. So what's up with you? Big day. Yeah, today was busy. Today um, I met up with our good friend Alan at Nickel City Comic Con, put on by Dave and Adams Card World, and our good friend uh, Virginia. Sup, Verge. I love you, Verge. Uh, it was a great con. It was good. Good time. I posted a little picture on our our Facebook page. Uh, ran into a Matt Murdock cosplayer. Excellent. Got a picture taken with him. Um, did you tell about the show? I did. All right. I did. He seemed not to care. Well, then he's not really a <laughs> Daredevil fan. Then. So, yeah, that was a good con. I uh, picked up some nice little goodies, some some Funko Pops. Picked up Shadowland. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Hmm. We're going to do it for the show. We'll review it question about that <laughs> so you picked up shadowland did you read the brubaker run that preceded it nope oh boy i got dirt cheap though well it was eight bucks for a hardcover they put it in a hardcover oh man it's so unworthy well that's how marvel does their trades you get the i know, hardcover I know. first for like x number of months <sighs> and then they come out with the cheaper soft cover <sighs> so well, check it out just yeah. no it's it is not one of the high points of of daredevil's uh career yeah I'm interested to see. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was today. This is actually Saturday. We normally record on Friday. Um, this is Saturday. Ran to some scheduling conflicts last night. But that was okay because it allowed the wife and I to finish off Stranger Things. Aha! Pretty much crushed in a week. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, more on that later in the show. Yes. Um I finished the uh, Telltale Games Batman. The first chapter? Yes. First chapter. Good. 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 Very, very entertaining. I'm probably going to crush through it again. And I played it as, like, actual Batman would play it. Now, like, next time through, I think I'll, like, go, like, Frank Miller Batman and just, like, (laughs) ruthless. and, And, you know, maybe there's a, you know... DC movie Batman version where I could just straight up kill everyone. That's what we call in the Mass Effect parlance uh, Paragon or Renegade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think that you know what I'm, something. I think I did something Sunday, but uh, Monday. But honestly, I can't remember. What it's a blur. It it's a blur. It's a blur. So, it's a decent week. Um, uh, before I forget, just as a heads up, for anyone that might care. Um, Another uh, match of the year contender happened uh, on the CWC this week. Oh, uh, I've actually got a wrestling comment, but you go ahead. Uh, well, no, just a quick heads up. If you, anyone that has a WWE network and you're not watching the Cruiserweight Classic, my gosh, you're missing out in a big, bad way because uh, Kota Ibushi and Cedric Alexander put on a a clinic. One of the best matches I've seen this year. It, very, very, very good. So, yeah, uh, heads up, folks. Good, great, great match for the wrestling folk out there. So, when I was at work this week, yeah, uh, typically on lunches or breaks, I'll either like watch something on Netflix or you know peruse the YouTube's. And I was sitting there one day, I was like, you know what, Drew talks a lot about this Shinsuke Nakamura guy. <laughs> yeah, so I just put in a search in in YouTube, and granted, 
I am not a hardcore wrestling fan. It's been some time since I watch wrestling on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched uh, two highlights, one of which is a highlight of a match between him and a gentleman by the name of Finn Balor. Yes. That was a good match. It wasn't a great one. Shinsuke Nakamura is the truth. <laughs> yes. That dude. Yes. Flat out performs. Yeah. You get it now. I'm watching this. I'm like, holy crap. Now, all right. Dude. I I will be, I understand uh, wrestling fans. Yes. I understand the attraction of wrestling. I, I'm puzzled as to why ESPN is covering the WWE because so much Because they lately. have an agreement and it's all money. I, I don't get that because whereas... Yes, it is scripted outcomes. I'm not going to say wrestling is fake mm-hmm. because when they're in the ring, oh, dude, it I, hurts. Trust me. <laughs> if someone if someone were to ask me to classify wrestling, I would say it is a performance art. Yep, absolutely. Holy crap, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yep, You're just doing some crazy stuff that just like made my jaw drop. Now, like, and the thing about it that you say that a lot of people have sight on they see uh, me and our good friend jay we are shinsuke fans from new japan before he signed with wwe we got into him in a big bad way the moment we laid eyes on him and we said this guy is incredible like that's he just he just has that presence about him his entrance oh dude is fantastic when we conclude tonight i'm going to show you uh his entrance against and if you want to watch the whole match i encourage it um Wrestle Kingdom 9, the match that Jay and I first saw Shinsuke Nakamura uh, against Kota Ibushi, who I just mentioned it as if from the uh, yeah, match yeah. of the year this year. They put on the legit match of that year that night. And his entrance that night was incredible. Nice. Incredible. He calls himself the King of Strong Style. Okay. He came out with a friggin' crown and a, and, yeah. a, and, a, and a jacket that would, will melt your brain. He nice. is, he just gets, he's, he, he has finger quote air quoting here it yeah the athletic ability is unquestionable but it's 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 that charisma factor yeah it's very his character like i saw a promo he did like one of the nxt promos yes his character is very odd it's not what you expect someone who's garnered that much fame to have a character like that but right. i didn't hate it by any stretch um, but no, like it's, I mean, wrestling is, is definitely a, it's a performance art. It should be respected as such. If it's not your thing, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't bag on it though. If it's not your thing. Um, but yeah, I just like, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I looked up, I was like, dude, this guy is the truth. See, that's, that's what the collective American wrestling audience that heard the name, but had never seen him before. The moment he showed up in NXT on a show they could watch because they didn't have access to New Japan, although although you you do have access to New Japan if you want to get. Anyway, soon as he entered the room, the the arena, and his music hit, dude, you should have saw the wrestling internet internet presence the, the, the next day. Everyone and their mom was just like, oh my God, Shinsuke Nakamura is the best thing ever. Well, yeah, I... Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. Not to be confused with the Bullet Club. We'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So that was my week as a whole. Cool. Very cool. I'm excited for you. Dear listeners, <laughs> if you would like to tell us about your week, if you would like to comment on the show, if you would like to send us some questions to ask, uh, you can find us at the following social media outlets. 
On Twitter, you can follow us at Devil's Due Pod. You can search Devil's Due Pod on Facebook or just go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. Or you can email us at TheDevilsDuePod at gmail.com. Please, if you're enjoying the show, we thank you. If you keep coming back, we appreciate it. Share the show with your friends. Tweet it out. Share the Facebook statuses. Get the word out there. And let's get some momentum behind this bad boy. All right. We've got some news to go into, so let's open up the case files. Mm-hmm. I think we should almost have a sound effect for the case files. I could. Uh, I, I, I play guitar. I don't do Foley. <laughs> I don't do Foley. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right, so it has been a good week for stuff we like. Pretty good week. Yes. Pretty good week, especially considering Comic-Con... Well, how long how long ago was Comic Con? Comic Con was three weeks ago now, and arguably this week to me was almost more exciting in a way. Yeah, because it was the things we're we're most excited about. Okay, that's fair. So let's start with some uh, some trailers. Yes, trailers happened. Which uh, lots of them? Your choice, sir. Where, where do you want to go first? Do you want to go chronologically, or do you want to go? I say we lead with with the, what's pertinent to the show here. Okay. Uh, Netflix Our friends. and Marvel are so good to us. Mm-hmm. They're so good to us. Less than a month after giving us a Luke Cage teaser, we get a full-blown two-and-a-half-minute Luke Cage trailer. And friends, it looks good. It looks so cool. It just looks cool. The tone, the feel of it is so right. If if they if the episodes match that trailer tone, it's going to be a fun show. It's yeah. going to be a good show. This is the first uh, Netflix show that appears to be taking place outside of Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. It seems the primary setting is Harlem. Yep. Um, the a lot of Claire, a lot in of Claire. Trailer. Yep. So she seems to be the glue that's holding the netflix marvel universe together a little bit sure she's the connective thread between what we have so far because she showed up on jessica jones as she well did. yeah um what were what were your thoughts were you just... dude it just it just looks cool yeah and it he has a there's a certain charm to to luke yeah he has a certain just, i don't know he just seems like a fun fun maybe that's the right not the right word but he seems like a good dude in the yeah. show. We got the bracelets in and the And then I was just going to say, like, it, it, so he, it feels cool. His character feels cool. And they show him interacting with other people that he knows that we haven't met yet. But they're, yeah. they're, they're, it seems very cordial. And like, man, this looks like a, this looks like a good show. It yeah. looks, looks, looks fun. And then when they show that, it, that uh, origin tease and he comes out of the chamber, man, he had the bracelets on, which are, I mean, it's not... Okay, so there's gonna be there might be some confusion. This is not how he got his original costume in the comics in the seventies, but this is a wink and a nod to it. Yeah. And dude, it looked I was just like, oh, because bracelets are one thing. They gave him the the, the tiara, dude. And I, I hesitate <laughs> I hesitate to call it a tiara. It's a tiara. It's, it's okay. Because I'm afraid he's gonna show up and, and and hurt me if I call it a tiara. He knows it's a tiara. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a decorative headband. Okay, well that's acceptable too. Um, yeah, the uh, that was really cool. The music, oh yeah, again, so on point. Good mixture of soul, R and B. Uh, just again, Marvel showing 
they know the music as well as the movies. And apparently every episode, from what I heard, is, is named after a rap song or something like that. Nice. So, um, nice. Um, I'm very excited because the, the actor who is playing the villain um, is one of my uh, favorite characters from House of Cards. Oh, okay. He plays a character called uh, Remy. I don't know. Do you watch House of Cards? I don't. You should. It's really good. Mm. Um plays Remy Danson on House of Cards. So so he's just getting all that Netflix money. He looks solid in this and uh what else about it? It was just, oh, favorite part of the trailer. Favorite part of the trailer hands down. Ma'am, you don't have to worry. I got you. Luke Cage, man. He's just saying, listen, again, and we've discussed this with Daredevil. Don't have to be afraid anymore. Good dudes. Good peeps. So, yeah, we get that uh, September 30th. We will most likely be doing that episode-by-episode breakdown on this show. Oh, boy. Because, I mean, we're not getting another Daredevil season until 2018. We got got some time to wait. We got to stretch some stuff. We'll have to stretch some stuff. Either that or just rebrand the show Grumpy Old Geeks. Oh, God. (laughs) Slow down with all that. (laughs) Uh, so, yeah, so that was the Luke Cage trailer. Yes. Yay. Hell yeah. Let's do it. And Thursday night, I had to watch a lot of swimming. That's okay. Swimming was awesome this week. Yeah, swimming was cool. There was some fun, some, like, I don't know if you it follow like it, but. It was all swimming, though. Well, Phelps is only, you know, dominating uh, in historical, and I mean historical fashion. 2,000-year-old world records are being slaughtered by the guy. Yeah, yeah. And then the women, the, dude, the women, the American, they're killing. Yeah, the both in the pool and in gymnastics. Yes, America. Yeah. Uh, Great. So, yeah. Anyway, so, but there's a point to that. Yes. Thursday night, we got our first full trailer for... Is, first, is this the first one? This is first full trailer. Previous one was a teaser. Oh, okay. Well, the, the, the lines are blurry with all this stuff, but I feel, okay. I believe the line, the line is set at a minute and 30 seconds. All right, fair and enough. Anything enough. over a minute and 30 seconds is considered a trailer. Anything under is considered a teaser. Okay, well, I'll buy. We got our first full trailer to Rogue One. A, a Star Wars, Star Wars story. story. Yeah, dude. So excited. Can it be December now? I bet you're not going to hear that music in this movie. I bet you will hear a variation of it. I, dude, I can't wait. I'm, I'm curious about all of it. Cause it's, because it's, I don't think it's Williams doing the music for this one. No, he's not. And on top of that, like even the, the branding of it isn't like, you know, episode one. It's just it, Rogue One is the big upfront yeah. title. And then in little itty bitty letter it says a Star Wars story. Like yes. it, it's cool. This is this is a very cool. Uh, we've never this this is uncharted waters for for yeah. Star Wars on the big screen. Really. So what was your what was your takeaway from trailer? What got you excited? Would you like? Um, I liked all of it. <laughs> uh, I think the thing that gets me most excited is the tone of it and the look and the feel of it. Um. If you don't know this, I'm going to tell you now. I know you know this, but listeners probably don't. For me, there are only, we've joked about this, but there are four Star Wars movies. That's it. Because the three that came out recently, the prequel movies, dude, I cannot, I can't. I just cannot. My my body rejects them <laughs> like they would an, a foreign organ or something like that. Uh, my body rejects spinach. They They have 
poor t- I can, the list of things wrong with them is long okay they they were they look fake they feel fake they're written poorly there's no tone it's just it's just bleh. It's bleh. <laughs> force awakens fixed all that and now rogue one looks to be doing even more like the director yeah. gareth edwards the guy who did god the american god the new the good american godzilla movie mm-hmm. he seems to get look and feel and tone really well and scale really yeah. well and it showed in the trailer because everything the coolest appeal of star wars back in the 70s i wasn't alive but like the thing that really made it feel different than sci-fi before it it felt like a real world that was lived in yep like it just it just it coined the phrase lived in look lived right. in aesthetics right because science fiction up until that point was very much like the prequels it was yeah. shiny it was clean it or, was, or it was cheap and it looked dopey you know what yeah. i mean like there was no hollywood didn't really have a respect for it so it just kind of looked like whatever they could yeah. kind of cobble together but Star Wars changed all that. And now Rogue One, man, it looks lived in. We're going it, back to that classic trilogy that we've grown up with. It just looks and feels real. And on top of that, this is like a war movie. Like it's like it's like Star yeah. Wars by way of Normandy. Like it, You know you know what's funny? You know what I thought <laughs> when I saw the trailer, I was like, huh. Disney one made their own Suicide Squad movie, and it looks really, really good. <laughs> but they made it with Star Wars. Yeah. Um, nah, it looks cool. It just looks really cool. That shot when the dude shoots the rocket at the... Uh, the ad app? At the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- like, the coolest thing about it, like I said about scale, how the director gets scale, it takes like a good second to reach yeah. the ad app. And it's just it's that little thing. It's just like, yep. wow, that's, that, mm-hmm. that is impressive It's like a scale. good... It's like a good two beats after you think the rocket should hit that actually. Right, hits. right. And then yeah. the, and then when uh, um, the the protagonist uh, woman, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know her character's name yet. We'll get there. It's like Gylo or something like that. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably wrong. She's walking up along that that catwalk o- overlooking the sky, and then a a tie fighter arises. Like whoa, yeah. cool visuals like that, dude. Like just explains in the rain. It's just yeah, cool I mean, it stuff. Sounds like a little thing to get excited about, but got to remember, man. Force Awakens was awesome. We love Force Awakens, but we're still like recovering from the PTSD that is the prequels. So, well, um, here's the thing: the Force Awakens was like the first step in the recovery. Yeah, and then you're still a little worried though because it's only one. And yeah. you're worried like, well, could they? Could they? Can they do they, it again? They, they still could fall back. No, I don't think so. I yeah. think I think this is going to be pretty good. I will say this. Um, one thing I liked about this trailer is we got a little more introduction to the characters that will be in the film. I am all on board and all in for Donnie Yen. Holy crap, dude. He looks just awesome. This character, he's the blind guy. Yes. Who's just like whooping Stormtrooper tail. And I guess he's a bounty hunter, but at the same time, he's, like, saying things like, you know, all things proceed as the Force wills it. So, mm-hmm. does he, like, you know, have some Jedi ties or things like that? I've heard some things about the movie, that it takes place in some kind of Jedi capital. and oh. it's, I don't know. I'm trying to avoid all spoilers, because that's, that's how I roll. Yeah. Um, look, it, look. It, it, it'll it, get to a point where I'll be like, did you see this? I'm on blackout mode, dude. Yes. You know me and my blackout modes. I do. Um I do. I, I do have I one think critique. You will probably give it one more trailer. No, I'm and then all go good. Black no, I'm good. I'm good here. I'm good <laughs> now. Like you said, make it December. I'm in. I'm in the yeah. theater. Um, my only critique, 
And I guess it has to be this way. It, it, it makes sense from a chronological standpoint because the movie takes place before episode four. Um, or as I knew it as a kid, Star Wars. Um, did they have to throw Vader in there? Yes. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yes. Here's my take. You know what? Like, Here's the thing. We all like Darth Vader, okay? We do. We all like him. He's Yeah, he looks cool. And James Earl Jones. Yeah. They got James Earl Jones. I know. Hey, dude, that's all good stuff. That's sweet, sweet voice. But George Lucas, after, after the fact, made Darth Vader this Imperial Stooge originally. That's all he was. He was just an Imperial Stooge. And then an empire gets a little deeper. And then by Jedi, obviously, he was, in, you know, he was, yeah. his presence was much bigger. But my point being, in Star Wars, he's, he's, he's an Imperial stooge. He's not even, he's not the right hand of the Emperor. He, he, gets, he gets punked off by Tarkin and the other general goons in the, in the, in the Death Star. He, because because in the script. Go, I wouldn't say stooge. I'd say he was definitely second in command. No, no, he wasn't. He was, he was an enforcer, but he was not in the ranks. He did what Tarkin asked him to do. He was he was he was a henchman, a good henchman, but a henchman. Mm. But he looked really cool. He looked awesome. He made a big impression in movie in the movie. So in Empire, obviously, after fans reacted, they said, "Okay, Vader was hot. Let's let's make him a little more important." So my point being, the notion that he's like this savior of the universe, and that the whole Star Wars saga was always centered on Darth Bull crap not true in the slightest all of that is lucas retcon and lucas uh just yeah george damn it george anyway my point being the stories stories change stories kind of grow organically yeah 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 yeah. the prequels though the prequels overexposed us to darth vader by making it all about darth vader and then miscasting him twice and then making his whole turn to the dark side terrible so like uh, and my point being i'm good on vader i'm all if we're gonna do a new star wars movie that's a star wars story and doesn't focus on the skywalker family can we not put vader in it can we just can we just tell a different story you can't i don't think it's you a can big t- universe man i don't think you can tell that story and not have some presence of vader in it i, I know i know i just you know so let's let yeah. I just want to you know why because they're making the Han Solo movie are they going to squeeze him in there too just because like I don't know that that would make given the time that movie takes place that would make less sense than putting him in this movie <sighs> I know I'm just, did you I'm see just there, saying did you see uh, who they're talking about for the lead or not for the lead for uh, Lando Calrissian yes Donald Glover Donald Glover he would be perfect Cast him now. Do it now. Cast him now. Tell the man to grow a mustache. He's wanted in central casting. Get him a cape. Yes. <laughs> so okay, those are those are our two review our two previews trailers that we have to talk about news. Um, now, unfortunately, we have to turn to a slightly more somber note. Um, as of this recording today, it was reported that uh, Kenny Baker, the actor who portrayed R two D two. Throughout the Star Wars films has unfortunately passed away. Yes, folks. There was a person in there. Yes. A very little person. Yes. Um, this is, I believe, the first primary cast member we've lost. 
of well, the Star Wars crew? Do you consider Alec Guinness to be primary? Uh, yeah. And yeah, Peter Cushing, obviously. This, no, I wouldn't consider him to be primary. Even though he was always the character I wanted to live at the end of Star Wars. Like, get in the damn shuttle because you're an awesome character. <laughs> you need to escape. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Kenny Baker passed away. I believe it was just old age. Um, Kenny Baker, known for, obviously, Star Wars. Um, little cult classic that I personally love, Time Bandits. Oh, that movie. That was a great movie. Freaked little, me out as a kid. Terry Gilliam craziness. Um, yeah, he was in, he had a great career. Uh, it's definitely lost to the, the Star Wars world, Star Wars fans. We will miss you, Kenny. We hope you are with the Force and all as well. May the Force be with you, Kenny. Yep. All right. So that closes up the case files. And all now, right. as alluded to earlier, we have a review. Now, we're not going to go full-on spoilers in this review because this this thing has been out for not a long time. I think two weeks. I don't want to do a full... Uh, we don't got to go spoilers. I just want to... Yeah, yeah. I, we're not... We're, we're going to... It's not going to be a full beginning to end review. Uh, more or less impressions and yeah, thoughts yeah, yeah. on the, the product as a whole. It's been out for two weeks, and it's it wasn't like one of those hotly anticipated things. Dude. So it's just now kind of starting to get traction, catch on, and word of mouth is spreading rapidly. We are talking <laughs> about, of course, the Netflix original series, Stranger Things. Ah, oh, dude. I can hear the music right now. It's in my it's head. so good. <laughs> I told you. I told you. You did. You did. I didn't. I didn't believe you someone told me and i was i was the same yeah, way i'm like yeah whatever like you said this thing is spreading word of mouth um it is set in the 80s beautifully so mm-hmm. um if i had to put it in a genre i would say this is kind of if stephen king in the twilight zone had a baby it would be stranger things uh, because it, it is not full-blown horror no, but it's not full blown science fiction at the same time. Okay, I think it's 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 Spielberg by way of Stephen King, by way of John Carpenter, by way of The Twilight Zone, by way of Nightmare on Elm Street. And if you I took would, all of that and kind of rolled it into a bundle, that's yeah, kind of what it is. I probably wouldn't throw the Nightmare on Elm Street in even there. with the even with the direct visual references to it. <laughs> I would. Yeah. There was direct visual references to a lot of things. Yes, there was. Um, this this movie was so excellent. You would have sworn this thing was filmed in the 80s and just got a very nice, high-def cleanup yeah. issue. Yeah, dude, the casting. It's, this is where it excelled, in my opinion. Yes. It's one thing to say that your movie is set, or I call it a movie because essentially it's only eight episodes. It kind of just feels like yeah. a big movie. Um, the casting was pitch perfect dude like they, they, they those kids looked like they were plucked out in 1983 yeah. especially the kid with the hat with dustin with no teeth dustin was my favorite oh he's great dustin was the man i thought he's gonna be chunk from that's why i thought like, but he was in two episodes i was like why does the fat kid always have to be this stupid no nope. coward he was cool because i was slash am the fat kid <laughs> so uh and i'm not a coward um yeah it is questionable and you know what? It, it, the thing is, uh, you, people can knock it for saying that it's just like a '80s nostalgia wank. But you know what? That's—I don't think that's true. It's I mean, there. It it's is, in there. But it's still done 
excellently. Even if you didn't grow up in the eighties and you know, you know nothing about the eighties, it's radical. It's a good show. Like it's, it's a, a great show. show. Well written, great casting, great performances, um, great music. I'm sorry, man. That soundtrack is yeah. tight. The soundtrack always reminded me of Tron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very like it's all synth, man. Synth. Yeah. yeah, John Carpenter. Um, it, it it's uh, it's cool. It's a very cool show. Well worth your time. Um, and it's it's I I insist it's more than just an eighties throwback to, yeah, to appease it's, the it's nostalgia. It's one of those things feels. where like you're trying to figure out. Okay, what? Where is this going? What could this be? Um. Yeah, it's hard to discuss that without giving away spoilers. It is. Which I do not want to do. It reminded me in a little bit, a little bit of uh, of the way I watched Stranger Things. I watched. Did you watch it over a week? I watched it over a weekend. I crushed four episodes the first night. Yeah. Um, because it, it had that lost uh appeal. Yeah. Where the episode yeah. ended, and I was like, <gasps> next one. Like boom. Yeah. Go. I like. I actually enjoyed. It more digesting it smaller like that because it gave me time to think and kind of reflect on the episode. See, and, I didn't get a chance. I just kind of and just well, took no, it all I in. get, I totally get seeing it that way as well. I mean, the one of the main reasons that we watched it the way we did was because you know, wife is tired, I'm tired, got a sure, 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 almost five month old baby now, got you know, take care of the baby. So we, you know, we watched what we had time for, and I'm just kind of thankful we did. I, I felt I. I enjoyed it more, I think, because of the way we watched it. Cool. So, but yeah, it hits, like, all those right 80s beats. Like, But it also subverts them a little bit. A little bit, yeah. A lot of characters. Yeah, especially at the end. A lot of character, uh, stock 80 character, 80s 80s character tropes. If you if you think you know, yeah. like, oh, there's the, there's the jerk boyfriend. I know what's going to happen to him. Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Oh, that's the... Uh, that's the lame teacher authority figure. I know what's going to happen. No, maybe not. Yeah. Um, oh, he's the gruff sheriff. He's not going to believe what's going on. He's going to he's going to laugh it off. And, and no, maybe not. Yeah, I really like that actor. Um, I'd seen him previously in uh, Aaron Sorkin's The Newsroom okay. on HBO, which was tragically only three seasons. Mm. I love Aaron Sorkin television, so that really needed to be more than it was. Um. But yeah, definitely, if you have not watched Stranger Things, I'm sure if you're listening to the show, you have heard of Stranger Things. If you have access to Daredevil, guess what? You have access to Stranger Things. Yes. <laughs> um, season 2 has been confirmed. Yes. Soundtrack release has been confirmed next month. Nice. Early September. Nice. Get some. Now, is it is it just like the score, or is it... Uh, see, that I don't know. Because a lot I, of licensed music Yes, there was. As well. I think it's a two-disc set. I'm hoping that means one disc is the original score and the other is all the songs that were in the show. Gotcha. But, gotcha. yeah, pretty cool. All right, awesome. And it scratched that Winona Ryder itch, even though she was a little homely in it. She was... Any uh, kid that grew great. up in the 80s, man, Winona Ryder was my jam. She was great. You know who she reminded me of? She reminded me of if her character from Little Mermaids had grown up, got married, and went crazy. <laughs> That's pretty much what her character reminded me of. Uh, you know what else it felt like? Even though I never watched the show, I understand the concept of the show. It felt like X Files too. A little bit, yeah, okay, yeah, a little bit. So yeah, that would be my analogy of it. Stephen King, you know, mix in equal parts Stephen King, Twilight Zone, and X Files. You have Stranger Things. Don't forget ET. Healthy dose of ET. Yeah, and Goonies. ET. 
and explorers. Yeah, no. Yeah, dude. I, I can't say explorers because explorers the kids are just... fun. They're, they're, they're okay. Game. If you're gonna say it, it's reminds you of these things because of kids, then there's like 50 other 80s movies that it's gonna remind you of. The, a cool gang of kids. Yeah. So Very... I, I I can grant you Goonies. I, explorers was just straight science fiction. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to deny you explorers. All right. You're wrong, but okay. No, I'm not. I'm never wrong. All right. <laughs> All right. So that's our, our review and brief. Yeah. Check uh, out Stranger Things, man. Yeah, check out Stranger check Things. Check it out. It's, it's so good. It's good stuff. Just treat yourself. Netflix is treating us good. Netflix is quickly approaching the level of HBO with their original programming. Yeah. You think they've trumped AMC? Yes. Really? Easily. Wow. Only because... Dude, I can't say that. That's kind of an unfair fight. Only because of content restriction. It, their their easiest comparison is HBO because HBO does not have that content restriction. I'm just talking in terms AMC of has. content quality. Uh, when Netflix gets their Breaking Bad equivalent, then we can put them on that pedestal. I'm trying to think if they've already had it. I don't think they have yet. Because they're like coming out with tons of stuff. They are, and, and they could be coming. But so, for me, Breaking Bad is still like a, the pinnacle of all things television. It's like the best. Ah, many shows I've watched over the years. So many I've gotten, I've gotten so into and insisted the best thing ever. And then they crapped the bed at the, at the, in the last season, or they they totally botched the ending. Breaking Bad like stuck the landing, like like mm-hmm. like, like 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 an American gymnast that getting a gold medal <laughs> sticks the landing with flair. Anyway, um, right. yeah, Netflix treats us good. Yes, so. Shall we break down an episode, sir? We shall break it down. Let us we shall break let the us walls down. Ruffle the papers. The legal docs. Get that out there. Ruffle those papers. All right. Now, um, episode seven. Episode title. seven. Stick. Stick. Not a euphemism. No. No. I'm waiting for this episode. Yeah. Ironically enough, though, remember how last week we commented that that episode was better than we remembered it? Yes this episode still great kind of the opposite really yeah oh, I, I still love it don't get me wrong okay but i i didn't have the oh god so good okay reaction to it this time around you're gonna have to elaborate because I, I i enjoyed this episode a lot all right parts of it anyway yes so we open up in to use my best street fighter 2 voice japan japan <sighs> And a dude, a businessman, is running for what appears to be his life in an office, opens up a drawer, and pulls out probably the most inefficient handgun ever created by man. So, I I noticed something about that gun. Number one, it looks like the gun that um, Dick Jones gives to Mr. Kinney in RoboCop before he gets blown away by Ed 209 in the boardroom. It looks like that gun. Yes. Uh, I believe the name is a Desert Eagle. I see. Yes, probably a Desert yeah. Eagle. Um, and then, okay, so the elevator doors open, and yep. he's anticipating them opening to shoot the guy inside. Yeah. Sight unseen, he unloads the clip. And by the way, the clip was like like four shots. It was like the shortest clip ever. Well, the recoil probably broke his arm. Possibly. After the third shot. That's going to be the least of his problems in a Desert second. Desert Eagle was pretty much a hand cannon. Right. Um. And this dude is operating under fear, and 
logical things like w- waiting to see the whites of their eyes, which in Stick's case is very literal, yeah. um, may not apply. So, spoilers, it's Stick. Yes, it's Stick. And we don't necessarily see his face. We have some Japanese dialogue. Yep. Um, Stick is trying to find out where the black sky is. The black sky. Uh, comes into play later in the episode and very much in season two as we will approach at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. So it's unclear if this individual is just your garden variety Yakuza or is he the hand? So right now, people who may not be familiar with th- these terms that we're using, Stick is very important, as this episode will reveal, and the hand, um, also very, very important ninja clan yes. that uh, Daredevil often goes against, and we are slowly introduced to in season one, and then more so into two yes. of Daredevil, the show. And if he was the hand, he isn't nearly as much the hand anymore, because Stick <laughs> takes one of his hands. He's taking the hand literally, because he no longer has hands, plural. Yes. Yes. But that's, so, again, the least of its problems in a second. Yeah. So this guy gives up where the black sky's head, says New York City. Uh, the elevator door closes. We see Stick's face, played brilliantly by Scott Glenn. Of course, before we see his face, we do see him take the other guy's head off. Yes. Cleanly. <laughs> Cleanly. So, now I'm going to do something here I'm, because our schedule is a little off this week. Um, I'm usually on the ball with when we introduce a new character that has appeared in the comics before. Yeah. With giving you, dear listener, background as to that character's appearance in the comics. So while I'm pulling that up, will you continue on? I shall. I uh, shall. With the episode, sir. Now, after we leave Japan... We uh, go back to the good old law offices of Nelson and Murdoch, and we find out that Foggy is uh, not a fan of, of Daredevil, no. the Devil of Hell's Kitchen, who was on the front page of the paper, by the way, and, uh, you know, not, I wouldn't call it HD, but big, big old picture on the front page. Yeah. The Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Um, now, obviously, they Karen and Foggy kind of turn to Matt, like, what do you think about him, Matt? And Matt, being Daredevil, has to kind of play it coy, and I think he does so in a sort of clever way. Um, without being like, I think he's great, guys, because he's very cool and, you know, all that. Matt gives the, the, the legal answer. He says, we can't try him here at this table. He, if he were to be caught, he would be tried in a court of law, and we would have to, you know, go with the facts as they were. We can't. Yeah. We, we don't know his situation sitting here reading hearsay in the paper. Okay. I have our Give me some stick background. info, man. It's very quick and basic. Uh, stick first appeared in Daredevil 176 and was created by Frank Miller. How do you like that? He is a very Miller character. Totally. Uh, very gruff, very on the surface, dispassionate. Mm-hmm. Um, very single-minded, mission-oriented. Uh, he's, very, he's a quintessential Miller character. He's a hard ass. Yes. Yeah. Um, one thing I did notice. Uh, let's see. Okay. I have a note here that says for this scene in particular, Foggy is us in air quotations in kind of go on uh, modern media news relaying how the masses will kind of jump to conclusion and judgment without evidence 
or due process. Okay. So I thought that was a good illustration of Foggy just kind of being the fearful, hyperactive voice of the masses when something like this is presented to them. Agree, disagree? Um, yeah, I guess that, I guess that's fair. I think, yeah, but, well, he's in the dark, Yeah, figuratively speaking. Karen has had a first-hand encounter with, with Daredevil. Matt is Daredevil. So Karen doesn't want to believe what the media says about Daredevil because she's seen him personally yeah. and believes in him. Matt is Daredevil, so obviously we know how that's going to go down. But Foggy only knows what he's being told by the media. And the media, that we, as we know, is probably being bought off or at least being paid. In, their information is coming from bought-off sources like the cops by Wilson Fisk. So, right. yeah, Foggy's kind of our... The blind surrogate. Ah, blind. See? Nah, see? See what you did see there. there? You're clever. You. Anyway. You're clever. Okay, so next thing we cut to is in a parking garage where Owsley, cranky old Owsley, yeah. is meeting with Nobu. Um, we should point out, though, um, Karen does, uh, they invite Karen to hang out, and she says she has a thing. She lies. She does. So, you know. Well, actually, technically, she doesn't lie, but she doesn't tell them what the yeah, thing yeah. is. Um, so yeah, uh, Nobu and, uh, Owsley. Now, as we've left off in the last episode, Matt knows Owsley's name now. Matt's going to yes. be coming after him. So Owsley's doing some business with Nobu. Now, um, what's interesting here, he warns Nobu, hey, remember what happened to the Russians here? Yeah. You watch out for me. I'll watch out for you. So there's bigger things happening here. That this meeting is not necessarily in the... The need to know for Fisk. Right. Right. But Owsley knows because he, as he retells Nobu, you think all I do is push numbers around? Yeah. I know what those numbers mean. I know what you're prepping to do. Yep. Exactly. So Owsley, though crotchety and cowardly at some points, is not to be underestimated from an intelligence perspective. No. So they're talking about the black sky coming in, making arrangements on the docks to clear the dock so that they run into no problems at all. Uh, Nobu goes Bye-bye. Uh, goes away, goes about his business. And then Owsley, just as he gets to his car, is confronted by Matt. Matt. In Daredevil. In Proto-Daredevil. Proto Proto-Daredevil. Um, so he's going to interrogate him, but Matt's distracted. Tap, 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 tap. And in that distraction, he gets tased by Owsley. Yeah. Now, yeah. again, Matt, one of those things, I feel like Matt should have saw that coming, but he was distracted. And also, Owsley, um, for being a mob uh, henchman uh, accountant, Taser's fine. You're probably going to want to carry a gun, buddy. And given the scope of things that are happening in town right now, and then the Man in Black was just in front of you, and you just took him down with a Taser, dude, you should have killed him. <laughs> I'm, just, yeah. I'm just saying. Um, but again, Owsley is a little bit cowardly so well, a little bit a little bit just yeah yeah it's kind of like those things where you're in a fight with someone a lot bigger and stronger and you get a lucky punch in knock him down and run you don't stick around and see if he's gonna get up no no but if he had a gun he could have took care of business then uh, you're... lesson learned lesson <laughs> learned lesson learned from the original austin powers movie that's right <laughs> i got a gun in my room i could just go shoot him now <laughs> what are you feeding him <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so, so we are after 
Matt goes down from Taser. We are treated to the first of many flashbacks that they have been banking up. They, exactly. From the past two episodes. They were saving them. Of which we've had none. Uh, but this flashback uh, shows how Matt and Stick came to know each other. So here's this is interesting, okay? Fire they're in the so. they're in the or, the orphanage, right? The, yes. the the when the nuns take care of the kids or whatever. Matt's freaking out cuz he hears everything all the time. Yeah. Matt is in full thrall of his abilities with no idea how to control them. Right. Now, the nun brings in Stick and she says something to him the effect of like you've been helping kids for a long time, you have a reputation for helping So number 1, I'm like, "Huh? How did how did how did that all start up? How did how do they know about him? And how, like, do the nuns have stick on speed dial? Like, how does that work exactly? And you know, maybe there was a, say, girl, possibly who turned up at the orphanage that he helped out. Maybe hypothetically, a girl whose last name kind of makes you think of nachos. <laughs> As we will see in the second season. That's correct. Yes. That's correct. Uh, okay, fair enough. And then uh, I do. I have to remark, um, the, they're, again, playing coy here. Uh, where's dad? Dad's dead. Where's his mom? And the nun says, that's, that's another story. A, that's a story for another time. Yeah. Because, spoilers, folks, um, in the comic books, Matt's mom yeah, left. We, no, we what? haven't gotten there yet. It's a comic book spoiler, not in the yeah, show. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get in the show. We don't know that. I, I got to veto it. I'm sorry, man. All right. I think I think Matt's mother and Karen stuff that happens with that. I think we saved to the actually doing the show. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. No, Drew's got this point. Look on his face. I, mean, folks. I don't think it's that big a deal, but okay. <laughs> move, move, moving on. Okay, so uh, next we see Stick and Matt sitting on a bench in a park. Now this is what we learned that sticks a sticks a jerk. <laughs> he is. We love this character. He's a great character. But yeah, he's a royal douchebag. Yes, he's a he, he's prickly. He's basically telling Matt, you know, this is your life. It's not going to get any easier than this. So you better nut up right now. Yeah. And suck it up, Buttercup. Yeah. No one cares that you're blind. Yeah, he's basically just telling Matt like, shut up, and just like. Gives them a quick smack if he asks a question or something. Yep. Well, but first, though, they're on the park bench. Yeah. Eating ice cream. Mm -hmm. And he tells me, this is pretty cool, because here's where things get interesting. Because my question to you would be, after after this scene, yeah. does Stick have radar sense? I think to an extent. I don't think it's the same thing, yeah. but I think he has trained himself or he's been trained by his, whoever he works for, more on that later, uh, to use his senses in a way that Matt, like Matt does. Yeah. But I think Matt's are much like, more powerful. It's taken him a life of long, a lifelong pursuit of hard work and discipline training to get what Matt got by accident. Right, right. And that's why he refers to him specifically as gifts right so yeah so we see him teaching matt what do you see or what do you what do you hear what like there's a yeah. hey there's a dog he, di matt, he dissects ice cream right with he teaches matt what do you taste matt says vanilla he says no and then he ta then stick tastes it and says sugar vanilla milk from beans. two different dairy farms yeah. vanilla beans chemicals like he he, he you know yeah. he's breaking down all of that 
dirt the, from the guy's hand, who served it up, right? Who gardened this morning, right? And then, okay, there's a dog coming by. What do you see? And Matt says, "The dog. He's hungry. He wants the hot dogs that are." But the woman walking by is carrying. Yeah. The man on the bench. What's his, what's his story? And Matt says he's dying. He's dying. And Sticks goes, "Yes, he is. There's nothing you can do about it. So deal with it." Like, yeah. It, it's it's gruff, yeah. but he's teaching him how to use what he's been given. I thought there was a a nice uh, quick moment of levity here where uh, Stick asks Matt to describe the woman, and she's like, you know her. You know, heart beats. Heart, heart beats rapid, skin temperature is elevated. Is she sick? And Stick's like, no, worse. She's in love. <laughs> More on that later, too, with yeah. Stick. So, yeah, we get this flashback of Matt now under the tutelage of Stick. Yeah, and Stick straight out tells him, I'm training you for war. Skills for the war. There's a war coming, and you you just got drafted into it, son. Yep. So we cut from this flashback to Karen and Yurik. In the car. Uh, in the car, having a meeting, uh, laying out what they've learned so far, digging a little bit deeper. And much like I would say uh, Stick in the flashback is training Matt, Ben is kind of training Karen. Yes. On how to... That's an interesting take on that. Because she's, she's all wide-eyed and wants to go hard at, 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 the, at the company that, that, that tried to kill her and that's behind yeah. the bomb, that she thinks might be behind the bombings and the whole thing. And Ben's like... Slow down. I have here noted Karen Optimist, Yurik Realist. Yes. Yeah. She, she, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. He's been on the job a long time. He knows what trees to bark up and which ones not to bark up. Yeah. And he also said for every story that I did that you saw in the paper, I had 12 more didn't pan out. Yeah. So don't get, keep, don't keep get everything. Don't get excited yet. Yeah. So then we find ourselves back at Matt's apartment with Matt and Stick, or as Stick refers to it, an expensive shithole. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I have some fun uh, stuff. Uh, about, uh, this is a fun scene. Have, have at it, sir. Well, so Stick basically looks at Matt's apartment, his furniture, his bed. He remarks, he, he doesn't even have to look. He, he feels the air and says, you have silk sheets. Yeah. You're soft. And Matt tells him, you know... Cotton's like sandpaper on my skin. Right. And Stick just says, you might as well be sleeping on sandpaper. You know, you're, you're weak. You're soft. Yeah. You got friends? Lose them. They're, you're, they're only going to hurt them. And not for nothing, he's not wrong. No. No, he's not. As, we, as, as, as we, brutal we as Stick is, he's not wrong about that. The, what you could argue one of the main character flaws of Matt is that He's not willing to make the sacrifices necessary to achieve what he is trying to do. Because, And again, it's not necessarily something I agree with, but you can look at it from that perspective. Because for him to be 100% effective as Daredevil in what he is trying to accomplish, a, a perspective of it is that you know Karen, Foggy, Claire attachments these are all weaknesses these yeah, are things yeah, yeah. that can be used to hurt him yep. it is and it goes back to the concept the the base philosophy behind the secret identity it's not for the protection of the hero you know superman is not clark kent because he's afraid someone may hurt him right superman is clark kent because if someone found out superman had parents that they could kill right 
you know, that's how you hurt Superman. Right, right, right. And Stick is just kind of mercilessly pointing this out to Matt. Like, if you want to do what you're trying to do, you need to get rid of these things. And Matt tries so desperately to hold on to both ends of his life. Yep, yep. That's that's Matt. Yeah. Wants both ways. Yeah, now, and he's not the only hero that's like that. Nope. Now, we do get another little flashback here. Yes. Matt, they're training, and uh, eventually Matt breaks down, baby Matt, kid Matt, yeah. and starts crying, saying that he killed his father. He's letting, he's, clearly there's been a lot of pent-up guilt there that he's finally letting loose. Right. Basically, he, he's he's bawling and saying, I, Dad was supposed to lose, I wanted him to win, he's dead because of me. Yeah. And Stick says, well, he's dead, you can't change it. So deal with it. Yeah. So we come back to, that's our little flashback where we see, oh, Matt and your guilt. Oh, that Catholic guilt. <laughs> uh, come back to the present day. They're still in the apartment. Stick is still giving him some tutelage. And he says, you got any beer? Probably that German piss. <laughs> hey, I was, I was I was curious. I'm like, you know what? Drew's going to have a comment on that. Um, I'm not going to say that all German beer is piss. But I will say that uh, in the year of our Lord 2016... You have better options in America than German beer. You have much wow. better options. You have much better options than just going with German beer. That that's that's saying something because I know how much you hate American beer, like Wait, American mainstream beer. That's my point. You have you have options now. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. Matt should be drinking some. Matt, might I recommend a fine red red ale, if you will? <laughs> Perhaps a Stone Pataskala red IPA. And it's it's, it, it's fitting. It's a delicious beer. Just it's, depending on what I'm consuming, I prefer a, a nice. Um, if I'm having a, a fine cigar, I prefer a Stella Artois. It's right. a very good complimentary beer to a cigar. Um, typically, if I'm eating a meal, Dosakis is nice. If you're going like strictly, you know, just want something that you can relatively fine without having to go to like six or seven different shops i go to two stores man i go to premier gourmet or i go to consumers and that's it just saying wegmans has a better selection than not all the quote unquote mainstream stuff is crap (laughs) we got options now but on to on on to the rest of the scene fair enough uh Stick knows Nobu. Yes, and he says he's going by the name of Nobu now. Yes. He's had many names. So we kind of get this impression that, that Nobu is a little more than he seems. He's had many identities. But I don't think we get the full gist of that until next season. Yep, and you know, Stick tells him about the black sky, it's weapons coming in, pretty much lays out, if you help me tonight, I like they use the phrase ride with me tonight. I just think it's a cool, <laughs> cool phrase. Um you're going to kick the guy in the nuts who Wilson Fisk fears the most. Correct. And on top of that, um, he also, well, Matt, yeah, you're going to, you're going to poke the bee's nest. And Matt says one condition, you don't kill anybody. And then to that, we have a nice reference to Terminator 2. I I wrote the same. Okay, (laughs) good. Yes. That's why we do the show, folks. Our minds are synced. Yes. I swear I will not kill anyone. He says it. Yeah. He literally <laughs> said, puts his hand up and says, it. I swear I won't kill anyone. We have, again, in this scene, Matt's ideology, again, brought into question. Yep. And he, and much like a certain character will remark in season two, uh, half measures. Half measures. You're a half right. measure. No half measures, Matt. 
You put them down, they get up. I put them down, they stay down. That's right. More to come on that. Oh, I can't wait. Uh-huh. So, and sp- Stick also comments that the beer sucks. Hey, see? Yeah, see? <laughs> get that man an IPA. Pronto. <laughs> All right. So, we go uh, now... We have a quick scene with Miss Cardenas. And yes, Karen. correct. And and Karen, my God, oblivious Karen. Uh, Miss Cardenas makes a remark about the handsome fellow that she's with, and and she says, "Oh, Matt." And Miss Cardenas, no, Foggy. Ah, uh, and then she's like, "Oh." I don't think Karen is oblivious. I just think she's distracted by bigger things. Maybe, at the but man. Right in front of her face. No, I know. I get it. I get it. And even because Cardenas even says, like, he's he's got the hots for you. How yeah. are, what are you, blind? Yeah. yeah blind. Yeah, look what you did there. You're so clever. <laughs> so we cut to outside of Miss Cardenas' apartment. Karen is leaving. She's assaulted by the two guys that she that Miss Cardenas just told her about. Yes. And she is rescued not... By Daredevil, not no. by Matt Murdock, no. not by Spider-Man, not by Iron Man, not by Captain America, Thor, Hulk, or Squirrel Girl. She is rescued by... Speaking of Squirrel Girl. Foggy! Got a Squirrel Girl. Just real quick. Stranger Things? Yes! The girl who plays Barb <laughs> wants to be Squirrel Girl. I'm okay with that. Are you on Team Barb, by the way? No spoilers. The internet is Barb crazy. You know about this? Hmm. They better get over that craziness. Look, I feel you, but I, I like it. I th- I like that it's a thing. Yeah. Because she looked fantastic. Yeah. She like, could definitely pull off Squirrel Girl. I know her and Anna, Anna Kendrick both want to play Squirrel Girl. Fantastic. What a, Personally, what a, I hope Squirrel Girl never sees light. I'm kind of with you. I don't get the appeal, but hey, man, teach their right. own. Yeah. In any case, um, yeah. yeah. Foggy comes anyway. and saves day with a softball <laughs> and a baseball bat, doing his best Casey Jones. A Jose Canseco bat. Uh, you didn't pay Tell money for me. this. You didn't pay money for this. Good pull. Good Thank pull. You, sir. So, yeah, uh, Foggy saves Karen, and they go away. Now we're on the docks. We are on the docks. Stick and Matt show up. Matt comments. Stick says how many of them are there. Kind of, he's kind of putting Matt through his paces. Matt picks up the heartbeats, but also notices Nobu heartbeat, Nobu's heartbeat is considerably different yes. than any he's ever heard before. More on that mm-hmm. later in this season. Mm-hmm. Much more in the next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Clubs! He gives him the Billy Clubs. We got Billy Clubs. And, and Matt's like, no, I don't need these. And Stick's like, yes, you do. Because <laughs> I think Stick knows, even as we will see later on this episode in our flashback, they split up relatively early. Stick knows what Matt's optimal fight setting is. <laughs> and kind of knows it's with these billy clubs. Yeah. So it gives them billy clubs, and then Matt goes about thinning the herd. Yep, yep. Thin out the grunts, I'll take care of Black Sky. Yeah. Well, then we find out what Black Sky is. It's a kid. It's a kid in a shipping container, chained up. Yep. So uh, Stick takes aim with a bow and arrow, Hawkeye style, and... um is going to kill the kid, Black yeah. Sky. Matt knows this. He senses it and deflects the arrow so it doesn't kill the kid. Yeah. And then he has to take out a few more goons as they rush the kid away into a car that drives away. By the time Matt realizes what just happened, Stick is gone. Yes. 
So I want to stop and ask you this quick question. Yes. In this Marvel world that we live in, mm-hmm. where scientists can turn into rampaging monsters, we are in regular communication with Norse gods, once thought legend, now found to be reality. Is it beyond reasonable thought to think that Stick may have been right? That Because we've heard Black Sky described as a terrible, terrible weapon. A yeah. weapon that changes the game. We we explore this much more in season two, where we still don't necessarily see what Black Sky does, right. but the seriousness of it and the power of it that a lot of these characters fear. I'm not taking one side or another. I'm just posing the question. Was Stick right to try and do this? Try. He does. Well, well more on that in yeah. a second. Um I don't know. I mean, we, I don't know. And here's why. Because as Matt remarks, as they go back to the... Well, hang on. we got a flashback to get through. Uh, the fight training. Yes. Um, and this is important. Matt tries to give... After they're fighting, and Matt's all... Matt, Matt's like, at this point, he's... Matt's... He's a good soldier. Yeah. He's, he's committed now. Good soldier. Good soldier. Um, so mm-hmm. after he's all hyped up, and he, he gives... He gives Stick, like, some, you know... Yeah. Our enemies are going to fear us and all this crazy, you know? Yeah. What do, what do we control? Our mind. Well, does our mind control our body? Right. What do our enemies control? Our enemies control jack shit. Right. Right. Language. My God. All right. I'm quoting. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, after that, he tries to give Stick a present, a bracelet that he made out of the wrapper from the, the ice cream cone when they first met. Yes, like one of those old boondoggle bracelets. Right. Stick proceeds to take it in his hand, and you're like, oh, it's a sweet moment. Right. Crush in his hand. Not the wrestler, the action. And he says, "Training's over. I can't. I, I'm, I can't train yeah. anymore. We're done." And Matt's like, "What? What? Why?" Matt's like, "What did I do?" And I don't think it's necessarily what Matt does. I think it's because Stick started to let Matt in emotionally. Well, he even says, "You're not what I thought you were," more or less. And yeah. he says, "And and when they get back to the apartment now, Matt goes. Docs are over now. Flashbacks over. We're back at Matt's apartment. Stick yeah. is already there. Matt comes in. They they proceed to." ask what what happened matt uh the, the telling quote is i needed a soldier you wanted a father yeah that explains the crux of their relationship basically and i think stick left because he felt himself becoming a father well maybe and you might be right but, because something happens later on that that indicates that's possible yeah but going back to the previous question yes so was he right? Well, he ends up killing the kid. He said yeah. after you got up or after before you could get up and I took the I followed the cab or the car or whatever and put an arrow in the kid. Dead. Yeah. Done. So is he right? Well, Matt says he's a kid. I heard his heartbeat. I heard him breathe. Yeah. He's a he's a kid. So could it be more? Yeah. But do we know? Not yet. Does Matt know? Not at all. And in terms of all that supernatural stuff you explained with, like, Thor and the Norse god, that's all happening, you know, in the sky and and to a select few people that know about it. Yeah, but also Matt we're about doesn't to know get this stuff. headlong into the supernatural in the Netflix universe as well. Right. Maybe not at this point. No, not like, yet. Obviously with Iron Fist and I think... They've, there's even been mentionings that Doctor Strange is going to tie into some Netflix. Stuff. Okay, cool. I'd, I'll be shocked if that happens. Yeah. But so we again, can hope. I, I don't. I don't necessarily fall on one side or the other. I think we don't have enough information to. Like, I think we, if we eventually see what Black Sky 
can do because this is not the last black sky. No. Spoilers. Um, it, it, may, it may be a question for revisiting. Possibly. But back to the apartment. Well, one thing I did have a question about, and I, although it does come into play later, I guess a question gets answered. Uh, he says he killed the He says he killed the kid. Yeah. Do we know that? We don't see it. Um, I have no reason not to believe him. Hang on. Don't let me forget. Let me. All right. Uh, so they fight. Matt and Stick throw down. Yes. This is a very raw emotion fight. Yes. It's yes. There's their style here and whatnot, but this is like years of pent up anger, and yeah. frustration. Yeah. They're taking it all out on right each other out. now. Yeah. And Matt, it does. If we're at the first part of it, doesn't look like Matt's gonna be able to hold his own, but. At one point, Matt just kind of lets the devil out a yep. little bit, and Matt wins that fight. Yes, he does. He kicks, tells Stick to get the hell out of the city. Get out of the city. Now, cut to Karen. Yes. Going to see Ben. With Foggy. With Foggy. And Ben is Not like, happy. yo, you can't be bringing people in. You're going to get yeah. yourself. And she, she says, I trust him. He's yeah. a good lawyer. Karen's We're going to need him. Bringing fog into the fold. And, and then they both, they all acknowledge that there is a new player on the board on of the cards. Card. Right. And it's the man in the black mask. And if he's not working with the gangs, who's he working who's with? He working with? Yeah. And that they put him at the top of the board against the kingpin, basically. Yeah. One shall stand, one shall fall. That's what I did Monday night. No, it wasn't Monday night. It was Thursday night. My friend Nate. Never seen Transformers the movie. Brought him over to watch it. Yeah? Loved it. All right. Great. Prime. I, yeah, it gets you every time. Prime. I know. You got to tell me, dude. I was one of those kids in the theater. I know. Till the day. <laughs> Till all are one. <sighs> all right. Spoiler, he comes back. It's okay. <laughs> he gets better. He gets better. <laughs> he has um, a rude awakening. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he does. Folks. YouTube, the rude awakening of Optimus Prime. You're welcome. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Okay, Do it. So, all Matt, right, Matt. We go. We cut back to Matt. Matt is in the wreckage that is his apartment. Clean the place up a bit. What's and he find, Drew? He finds amongst amongst the wreckage from where he laid stick out the bracelet yep. that he made him 20 years ago. Stick kept it. Interesting. So yes. yeah, maybe stick is is a little maybe sticks getting a little soft. Maybe maybe soft sticks. Eh. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we cut now. Cut Matt. And, and, and the, I got to give uh, big props to Charlie Cox in this scene. By the way, yeah, he gets the bracelet and you just see him sit. You just see him like sitting there on the on the couch. The lip quiver, man, was the, his whole chin quivers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty solid. It's right heartbreaking. Uh, good, good, good job, Charlie. Good acting. Good acting. Um, now so, we have selling that emotion. Very interesting scene, this, dude. For those of us who have read the Frank Miller Daredevil comics, I forgot this scene caused you caused you to like lose it. I forgot all about this scene and like how much. Oh my god, how much it plays into the whole Netflix universe yeah. really i i totally blocked it out for some reason i forgot stick shows up kneels in front of someone and says what's up a black sky stick says dead took care of it yeah what about murdoch is he on our side and stick says i have no idea yeah now, but we'll find out and this is the this is the telling part we'll find out we're gonna need him when the doors open 
Yeah. What does that mean? What doors, Carl? What could it mean? There was something referred to in season two as the awakening. We don't know. Also with Black Sky, uh, Stick is part of, like, we've discussed the hand. Um, uh, Stick is part of a countergroup to the hand called the cast. Yes. And the character he was speaking to, I was kind of hoping you were going to remember the name because I remember that character actually is a name I remember when I read through the Frank Miller Daredevil. He's kind of in there. Or I think he's in Man Without Fear. Um, he's think? crucial to, he was in Miller's Daredevil run, and yeah, yeah. he's in Man Without Fear. So, and there definitely appears to be something, um, I don't want to say uh, inhuman about him, because, you know, inhumans are a thing, but there's something <laughs> like, there's something different about him. He seems otherworldly, supernatural, maybe. Don't know. Yeah. We don't just, know. We, you know what? Dang it, Drew. We're just going to have to keep watching. I guess we are. We're just going to uh, have to keep watching and find out. That wraps up episode seven. It entitled does. Stick Drew. Very, very, lots of, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Thoughts on the episode? Lots of thoughts. Um, better than I remembered, actually. Just because of all the stick stuff. It's great. Stick stuff is fantastic. Yes. Stick um, is my favorite character of this season. Okay. Um, played great by Scott Glenn. Uh, it just... Yeah, the whole relationship with him and Matt and the way they, they, they tell it, fantastic. Really well done. Um, good episode. And then that setup at the end, just like, whoa, hey, what's yeah. what's going on here? Yeah, bigger, yeah, wor- bigger, how, bigger world, bigger things are afoot. Yeah, I can see how that setup would be confusing to a non-comic reader, and but, that's fine. That's, but that's, it even works in the context of the show. Yeah, like, it totally does. But those of us who've read those comics in the past are like, holy crap, they're going there. Which mm-hmm. at this point, we do a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that it still gets us excited. It still surprises us. Well, because we never thought this would ever yeah. be we're, a thing. We're in a new golden age of geek where we're getting things we never ever thought of right i mean to be fair we did get a stick incarnation before not in uh not in the daredevil movie but in, in the electra movie which was god awful by the way i've only seen parts of it i haven't seen um i'll, I'll say this they cast him well there too who, who played terrence stamp yeah zod <laughs> kneel before stick yes well hang on slow down buddy <laughs> phrasing but yes yeah see He's a, he's, a, he's the kind of character yeah, that you, you get perfect. you get an actor like that for. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. So, all right. Um, that about wraps it, us, wraps it up for us here at another episode of The Devil's Do. Thank you very much for joining us again. Um, again, if you would like to contact us, Drew, how can they do that? Do you know? Uh, do you remember? Facebook.com devil something you're, he does you're, all you're the, the expert here. work folks so he's not required to remember any of this i yeah i i i i push i i record the show i mix it down i play the music i put it up onto the interwebs you handle all that social business <laughs> if you want you can follow us on twitter at devil's do pod you can search us on facebook at uh, devil's do pod or just search the devil's do on facebook or you can email us at the devil's do pod at gmail.com email us please yes as we've as you've seen in past episodes uh, didn't have any as the recording of this episode. Um, but we Let's will change re- that, folks. 
Yeah, we'll read your questions on the show. Just don't ask us about don't ask about post it notes. That's all. Yeah, post notes are personal. Totally. Personal matter. Absolutely. That not even in polite society are discussed. <laughs> all so, right. Okay. Yes. Court's adjourned. Court is adjourned. <laughs>